For a few years, I had a class of 10th graders that I taught. It was early in the morning, and so it had all the difficulties of trying to motivate students when they're still groggy from not enough sleep. One of the unique parts of this class was that it was in a room with a door that joined it to the room next door. If the doors were open, the two classes could interact. One morning, as I was about to begin class, that door swung open. A girl from the other 10th grade class leaned into the room. She was holding up a plump powdered donut, some kind of cream inside. With a huge smile, she said, Look what we have, donuts. And with that, she took a big bite. The effect on my class was immediate. A surge of negative feeling moved towards her. One of the boys started running towards the door to push her out. And another boy, they all knew each other very well, looked back towards the front of the room and with a voice full of angry grief said to no one in particular, shut the door in her face. She took one more bite to show us all how good that donut was and then slipped back into her room before she had to face any negative consequences. I was left in the room with a bunch of angry, hungry kids. It took a while before I could get things back under control. The hard truth was that other teacher had brought those students donuts and I had not. Life had to go on. So what happened there? That girl got a great thing that morning, a free donut to start off her day. Jackpot, right? We can all relate. But then something else happened in her mind. She decided that she didn't just want to enjoy the donut. She wanted to show the class next door that she was going to enjoy a donut. And in that moment, something that had been a purely positive experience became something else. When she opened that door and held up that donut, it wasn't just something good to eat anymore. Now it was something that could make other people realize that they did not have something good to eat. Eating the donut and showing herself eating the donut were two very different things. One affected just her and the other affected a lot of other people. It's this inherent part of social media that it's basically a way to show people things that requires that we think hard about what we're doing out there in the world to others whenever we post. Just like that powdered cream donut was one thing alone and quite another thing when it was held aloft to be admired. The events of our lives, too, are changed when they're displayed. Welcome to The Christian and Social Media, a conversational series brought to you through the brand new Philly Young Adults podcast. We need to learn how to person to person include people in other walks of life into the joys that we have in our current season. I think that would significantly balance out the depression and stuff like that. Let's grow past throwing up smoke screens to avoid things that might really call for change in our lives. And let's really press forward into following Jesus, even in areas like our social media use. Welcome back to the studio here in Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia. Tony, Sama, Brian, Josh, we're all hanging out talking about the Christian and social media. Um, Last couple episodes that we brought to you were about what happens to us when we, the user, utilize social media. Yeah, so specifically we talked about what happens to me when I post and what happens to me potentially when I'm viewing. So today what we want to do is talk about what happens to other people when I post. Yeah, like with our posts and all the ways we use social media, they have effects on other people, and that's important to look at and actually address and think about. Yep, it's important to think about. It's important to talk about. 
and and by talking, I think what we're saying is we're thinking about it together. And you know, I think one of the things that uh, came out of planning and recording the last couple episodes for me anyway, um, I imagine for you guys too, was the realization that the things that we need to talk about here, it's not like they're so profound or hard to see. I I think you really only have to stop and think about it for a few minutes. And I also wonder if like really deep down in our hearts, we do know that there are real problems with what we're all doing out there on social media. It's possible that no one's thought about it at all. And then maybe this has actually been a helpful uh, exploration. Uh, But a lot of us, we kind of do actually know it's all the way down there. We've just refused to look at it or maybe pushed it so far down that it's actually good to bring it up. Uh, The pot needs to be stirred and we need to be honest about what comes to the surface when we stir it. And I think how many of us have really let the Bible address these things Mm -hmm. concerning social media? And I think about what we've talked about so far. You know, last week we had a lot to say, and I do think it kind of set the table for today's discussion. So a few important things to note here that extend uh, last episode's discussion into um, today. Yeah, we're extending it now to think about what happens to others when I post and they view it. Obviously, there's a lot of overlap here because we're talking about both things, but we're trying to focus now on the, the others part of it. So you take your typical user of social media. And I think this is important to say again. There, there are ways to use social media that we're really not discussing here. You, you know, we're not talking about using social media to promote your business, as we've said, say you have a coffee shop or something. Um, there's a lot of old-fashioned advertising that goes on on social media. We understand that. We're talking about just the average user who's using it for uh, you know, uh, fun or connection. Yeah, so we're not talking about the platform of social media in general, like maybe a family who gets on there, you communicate with people who maybe it would not be convenient or possible for you to communicate in person. So that's a convenient way for you to communicate with friends or family. Right. Like if it's really just you and your immediate or extended family sharing thoughts and pictures, things like that, you know, nothing in scripture points to anything negative about that, but it's almost never that. Uh, and you know, one of the ways that we really prevent growth in our lives we can all do it if we're not careful, it is when something comes up that we need to think about, we sort of like quick, like generate a list of hypothetical situations which prove that there's all kinds of wiggle room in what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people like to stay there, you know, theoretical and general rather than being specific. Right. One time I taught on this in a money study, if you remember, guys, and one of our friends afterward brought up exactly this situation. They have family overseas and they use Facebook to keep up with them. And my response at that time was, you know, totally. Like, I know the Bible doesn't have anything negative to say about that. And nothing I said in the study touched on that at all. Like, your aunts and uncles in Europe get to see pictures of your kids on Facebook. And of course, I wouldn't want to criticize that. You know, I'm talking to, you know, the 19-year-old on Instagram and the 24-year-old on TikTok or something like that, you know. You might have switched the ages up there a little bit, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Uh, Maybe not, though. (laughs) No, I think it's important to clarify this. What this podcast is aimed at is not every hypothetical situation where someone might use social media in a way that is either neutral and fine or even good and beneficial. Right. In fact, that's exactly where we're going in the last episode to talk about 
a really good and beneficial yeah, way we're gonna get there. you can move forward. Totally. What the series as a whole is aimed at is the reality of the vast majority, which I don't think is a blanket statement, of people in the age bracket that our young adults group is made up of, and specifically addressing how they actually do yeah. utilize social media. Exactly. So for all of you out there listening, you know, most of whom we, we know you on a first name basis, right? So come talk to us about this. We've been saying this through this series and we'll say it again. We're trying to use this podcast to set the table for further discussions. Absolutely, explicitly. Yep. And if none of these things apply to you, that's great. But if they do, let's grow past throwing up smoke screens to avoid things mm -hmm. that might really call for change in our lives. And let's really press forward into following Jesus, even in areas like our social media use. And sometimes Jesus will take us to places that non-believers won't go. Sometimes in the world, uh, as a non-believer, you're trying to escape from a situation that's uncomfortable. Sometimes yeah. Jesus leads us into, he's, you know, he talks about the Father being the vine dresser. Mm -hmm. He prunes us. He wants to help us grow. And that may not always be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's be honest, these things really do apply. Why don't we go ahead and get into that discussion? Really hit on it. Yeah, I think you're probably right, Sama. So, okay. Thank you, Sama. <laughs> <laughs> Sama's like, no more introduction. The average so, TikTok age user will have to wait. <laughs> Till next time. Just like last time, we want to point out what's happening when we use social media. And this list has to do with what's happening to others. We're trying to now, again, think on that side of the divide. What's happening to others when we use it? You know, we post something and it has effects out there, out in the world. And there is a biblical basis for thinking about this. Yeah, there's plenty of Bible verses that say we should think this way. We should be thinking about how our actions affect other people, specifically uh, believers, but all people. Yeah, there's loads of verses here. According to the Bible, a big part of what it means to walk in love is just considering other people, just thinking about them. Maybe that's all of love. It, it might be. It might be. So, so here's just a few verses. Uh, we've already mentioned this in past episodes that in two of his letters— in Romans and 1 Corinthians, Paul gets into a couple extended discussions of how the Christians of his day, his day, his time, were enjoying the freedom from all kinds of rules that comes with an authentic Christian life. Evidently, there was a little bit of a feeling of like release, like how oh, we don't have to keep old codes, maybe even old cultural norms and things like that because they were free in Christ. And that is an important part of what it means to be a Christian. But they evidently, at least in these two churches, were enjoying that freedom in a way that actually ended up causing offense and division in the Christian community because they were just doing whatever they wanted whenever they wanted, I guess it seems, uh, regardless of who saw or who might have had any even issues or who might have struggled with what they were doing. Yeah, and the issues in those passages are like from food and dietary, like right? Yeah, diet, food issues, dietary issues. So Romans 14 is a key passage. In verses 15 through 23, Paul tells the church that if Christians use their freedom in a way that someone else sees it and the word he uses is, is grieved, he's, Paul says they're failing to love one another. Which is a big deal for a Christian. You can't just ignore that. You know, verse 7 of that passage is big. None of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. Yeah, Paul says... We don't just take care of ourselves as believers. That's not how we think. It's not just look out for number one. It's not an option to not care about other people. Verses 15 and 16 say, if you're 
I'm reading here. If your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, Paul says, do not let your good be evil spoken of. And verse 21 says, says it this way. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. It's really the same issue Paul brings up when he writes to the Christ, uh, sorry the Corinthian church. It, it, it comes up in actually several places in that letter, if you look at 1 Corinthians. In chapter 8, he says again, the issue is not simply if a Christian personally has the freedom to do something. And verses 9 and 10 of that chapter are massive here, I think. Check out the whole paragraph there. But Paul says this, I'm reading again. Uh, this is 1 Corinthians 8, 9. Beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge, meaning you who understand you have the freedom to do these things, if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, that was the issue in their day, right? The food and where they ate it, they were actually eating in uh, pagan temples of worship, some of them. He says, if people see you doing that, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge, shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren, Paul calls that a sin, and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. So verse 13 says, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, right, if it, if it, if it makes him trip up in his, his attempt to follow Jesus, Paul says, I will never eat meat again, lest I make my brother stumble. I mean, just think about the kind of thinking that's on display here. I think it's great to realize that one of the things we have in the Bible, especially in letters, is biblical thinking, godly thinking on display. So think about what's on display there. If you need a verse that says, thou shalt not use Instagram to think the Bible has anything to say about all this, then you're not actually thinking maturely at all, right? There is, of course, no verse that says, thou shalt not use Instagram. We need to let the Holy Spirit really show us, I think, how powerful the words are which he's already spoken. That yeah. he certain things were written. They were written two thousand years ago, and those words are powerful for today. And again, the particular issue here uh, in in this letter is not the same as what we're discussing, obviously, in this podcast. But the whole way Paul frames it is totally relevant. The Christians he was writing to were doing some things that were fine in themselves, but one thing the Holy Spirit was concerned about was if they showed it off. That was the issue. Are they showing off these things so others can see that, can see it, and and the effects that that showing off would have on other people? Yeah, and that's what social media is, you know, just a way to show people things. But sometimes, like we act like the Bible doesn't have anything to say about this, but it really does. Right, and Josh, I think you mentioned in First Corinthians ten, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah, in episode two, that in that passage, at the end of that chapter, Paul goes. Uh, all the way to say that his goal is not just to please himself, but to please others. And by please, uh, you know, please myself, please others, we can tell that he doesn't just mean make them happy. I just want to make people happy. He means something bigger, like, you know, spiritually benefit them in a real way. Yeah, and I think that has clear implications for how we think about social media. just wanted to take a second to invite any and all young adults 18 
to 29 years old out to our conference this year. We will be meeting at Calvary Chapel of Philadelphia on November 13th and 14th. There's going to be serious instruction in God's word, times of worship, and plenty of space for fellowship. This is our third year doing the conference, and we are excited to be exploring the Old Testament this time around with Dr. Dominic Hernandez, who is the Assistant Professor of Old Testament Interpretation at Southern Seminary. You can get more information and register today at PYAC20.com. That's PYAC20.com. If you have any questions, you can email ebrown at ccphilly.org. That's E-B-R-O-W-N at ccphilly.org. But for now, let's get back to the discussion. So in 2020, as far as I know, at least in the communities I move in, we're not going to mess someone up if we eat certain foods. We're not going to stumble them spiritually, even if they don't like our dietary choices for other reasons, right? But let's just run through the list here. What kinds of things could we be doing uh, that are totally legitimate, maybe, assuming, right, that, that what we're taking pictures of or filming little videos themselves are legitimate, but that, for instance, let's just take one, let's just move through the list. They could stir up envy. The things we're doing maybe are legitimate in themselves, but when we put them online, they, they stir up envy. And put, yeah, I think putting it this way makes it clear as far as how we're connecting to social media. Yeah. Relationships are big. I mean, when we show people our, quote, significant other and our, quote, good times with them, it can be a major source of envy for other people. Yeah. And travel, like traveling around and taking pictures and posting that. Yeah, going cool places. Yeah, yeah, just the general life people lead. Right. You know, this is a cliche. The highlight real version of, of someone's life. Everyone, it's almost cliche to say that, but that that is what we're talking about, right? Uh, all these things might be totally legitimate, not sinful at all. They might actually be good things. But when we take them and we put them on display for others to look at, now we're doing something else, right? We're taking the good things that God gave us to enjoy personally and we're parading them. And I'm, I'm getting that language from 1 Corinthians 13. We're parading them in front of others. And if you take something that was one thing and now you parade it in front of other people, you've actually changed the nature of what that thing is. Yeah. So if you want to go on vacation or let's say your honeymoon, for there example, oh. Mm. Oh. Not, just hypotheticals, hypotheticals here. You know, no one has yeah, ever no done this. Done that one. Pictures on their honeymoon. The hypothetical but if, honeymoon. <laughs> I left my phone in the United States on my honeymoon. <laughs> now, I don't think for most people, we understand the the point of a honeymoon. You're not going to show show it off to other people, right? But, not going with 500 people. So again, if you want to send Don't your mom your some followers. pictures of your honeymoon, that's great. Good for you. But she if, doesn't want them. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. No judgment, right? <laughs> but if you're showing this to everyone, like, what are your reasons for doing that? Why are you sharing your vacation with everyone? Like, now we're getting back into, that's First Corinthians 13 territory. It's about something else now, potentially. It really is about something else. If I do something, that's one thing. But if I take a picture to show people, that's at least two things that I'm doing now. And we should think about how that the second thing changes the first thing. We're attempting to push ourselves to see more about all this, right? And even if you're not meaning to change the nature of the thing you're doing, maybe that wasn't in your mind at all. You weren't thinking like, I wasn't trying to, you know, I don't know, brag and make someone envious. I I, I doubt that most people listening to this, again, we said this a couple episodes ago, are thinking now I'm going to make people envious. But 
if it's what you actually do, then that's what you're doing, right? Maybe I didn't mean to, but if that's what happens, then that's what I did. And that's in direct contradiction to verses like 1 Corinthians 8.10. So another really low-hanging fruit example, in my opinion, is dating somebody. It's absolutely okay to date someone. It doesn't seem to be biblically that it's okay to use social media to make other people watch you date someone and therefore make them jealous. And I just want to add one note on top of that. I think it's a very different thing to date someone amongst other single people doing real life with them at the same time. So we're not saying you can't have a significant other or you can't even bring a friend over and talk about your vacation and show them a photo or whatever. It's different to do something like that in the trenches of real life alongside of single people or alongside of other people. That's one thing. It's another thing to not do that kind of life alongside them, but almost megaphone all the greatest parts about your life and your experience. Yeah. So, okay, Tony, I don't think I've ever thought about this before, but just because you brought that up. If we're doing something with our single friends that are not currently dating anyone, then we're all participating in the experience together. They're getting Mm -hmm. to be part of the cool thing we're doing. Yes. But if we're showing pictures of what we're doing with our significant other through social media to, or, you know, assuming that's the issue we're talking about, to our single friends, now they're not getting to do what we're doing. They're not sharing in the experience. Mm -hmm. And actually what we're doing is highlighting the fact that they're left out. And how does that benefit anybody? Exactly. Exactly. You know, my wife and I have someone over for dinner at 7.30 p.m. who's a single person, and we spend the whole evening with them. Right. They know that we're married. We have good conversation. We talk about other things. We even talk about the joys of our marriage at certain points of because I'm in conversation, and they leave feeling edified. Same night, same time, I post a selfie with my wife, and that person's alone in their room. Exactly. Thinking about how they don't have some, and now they see, now that technically, according to people, you would say, the same thing happened. No, it didn't. No, Those it's are two very, they're very different, different moments. One loves the other person, includes them, and lets them enjoy the goodness of your relationship, yes. and they actually get part of it to enjoy. Yes. And, and I thought about this a little bit. I'm almost wondering if, especially for relationships in that nature, people are more interested in only fellowshipping with other married couples or other dating couples because they don't know how to include single people uh, into enjoying really those good things. Point. Yeah. And it's like we need to learn how to person to person include people in other walks of life into the joys that we have in our current season. I think that would significantly balance out the depression and stuff like that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Hey everyone, Tony here. And I just wanted to drop in to ask if you would do us a favor. We would love if you would send us any questions you have relating to the topic we've been discussing in this series. We plan on recording a live question and response session at one of our young adults meetings here at Calvary Chapel of Philadelphia for this podcast. It will be on a Monday night at 730 and we'll be answering the questions you send us. You can follow us on Instagram at Adults for the exact date. We'd love if you'd join us for the gathering. Send your questions to ebrown at ccphilly.org. That's E-B-R-O-W-N 
at ccphilly.org. We're a new podcast, so it'd be awesome if you subscribe or share this with someone that you think might benefit from hearing it. We would greatly appreciate that. We hope to bring you more content in the future. But for now, let's get back to the discussion. For the next list item, maybe it's a little different, but maybe not. Yeah, it might be okay for me to think something, but if that thought is the kind of thought that stirs up fights and anger, it's not okay for me to use social media to express those opinions to stir up more anger in other people. Right? Anger is a big one these days. We all know this in fall of 2020. <laughs> Ephesians 4.31 and 32 says this, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, right? It's intent to hurt. And verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ forgave you. Yeah, we brought up some Proverbs in the previous episode. Um, but yeah, here's four on anger. You know, you see in Proverbs ten twelve, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. And then in fifteen eighteen, a wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. And then in Proverbs 28, 25, it says, He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. And then lastly, in Proverbs 29, 22, An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. And on the other side of that, Hebrews ten twenty four tells us that we should be thinking about how to stir up love and good yeah. works in each other. Right. Stirring up the, the good fruits of the spirit as opposed to stirring up difficulty or even sin. Strife. Right. And another big one, obviously along these lines is lust. Right. So yeah, there are these people in the world. So I've heard outside of this room, not in this room, <laughs> yeah, but not in this room. <laughs> there are people in this world that God has made physically attractive. Oh, to be one, conceivably, yes. <laughs> supposedly, right? Uh, well, it's funny. We know in the Bible, like the Bible clearly points out. So take Sarah, Abraham's wife. It says she was attractive to the point where he was nervous that yes. he was going to like get killed and people were going to want to steal her, take her. So the Bible clearly points out there are Wife physically goals. attractive people. <laughs> they were, and we know that. She too. was so attractive, people were always trying to kill him. <laughs> wow. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Not exactly, doesn't really say that, but he's yeah. nervous. Maybe he was just a little insecure. I mean, Isaac um, was attra- so attractive, it says Rebecca fell off her horse when she saw him. <laughs> 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 it does say that. That's a funny situation. So those are the people we're talking about. <laughs> right. So uh, there is possible that some of you out there this actually applies to. Um, Maybe you've caused a few people <laughs> to, to fall, fall off, off their, their horse. horses. <laughs> why, do, why can't we talk about this without laughing? Because <laughs> uh, we're all ugly. <laughs> we just, those Amen. people aren't surveying social media while riding their horse. That's why. <laughs> that, yeah, that is the disconnect. But yeah. this actually helps us. So the Bible helps us see distinctions. <laughs> so you could imagine someone trying to talk about uh, social media stirring up lust and someone else saying, you know, that's so messed up. Like, it's not that person's fault if they're attractive. Right. Of course, it's not that person's fault. It's God's fault they're attractive. But there's a difference between, that's a good thing to be beautiful or attractive, right? Or even to compose yourself nicely to maximize your attractiveness, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But to display it online, to take pictures online 
for the and that actually even to compose yourself the bible actually addresses that right there is a way to display myself or to attempt to display myself that is now it's something other than just being what god made me in the right uh circumstances it's actually taking that and displaying it to do something else to draw attention obviously we all know that there are people in the world who do it specifically to stir up lust Uh, but even if that's not someone's intention we still need to think about what does it mean for me to potentially do that do i need to think about again what are we talking about people on the other end and what are my images going to do uh, out there for others and people totally are doing exactly what you just stated specifically working themselves up to look a certain way for the platform of social media. Right. This is one of those things where it's like, we're just stating the obvious. And even to take a couple steps back, so many of our feeds are really just nothing more than pictures of ourselves, right? Just constant streams of, of pictures of ourselves. It's just a great question to ask, especially for the attractive among us. Does God want you displaying your attractiveness through photographs for the world to see? I think that's a legitimate question. Is that why he made you? And a lot of what we're saying applies to things like Instagram and Facebook. But what about things like TikTok? A lot of that just seems to stir up meaninglessness and godlessness. Even if it's not promoting outright evil, it's just adding and generating to all the noise and nonsense. This is a, another one of those areas where it's it's hard maybe to to parse out because like we had talked about in, in our discussion right before recording, maybe you sit on a beach and read Calvin and Hobbes or something and, you know, a, a comic or something like, we're not saying there's no place for leisure. Mm-hmm, we're not yeah. saying that everything I do needs to have a specific uh, way that it, explicitly even preaches the gospel. Uh, That's not actually how life works. A lot of what we do is working. A lot of what you do might be resting. Uh, So it could, you could push this discussion. Like when we get into something like TikTok, someone could easily go, oh, well, this is ridiculous because that's just, you just don't prefer to entertain yourself that way. And I do or something like that. But we're saying, no, there actually are things if if we'll stop and look at it, we might look at some of these platforms and the kinds of things that tend to be posted and we might go there's an emptiness to this right ecclesiastes over and over again the first verse and then over and over again of the bible solomon just says vanity emptiness there's something empty about this and i think that if we'll let ourselves be sensitive to it we can we can feel that and i think what we're really getting at is what is produced in you I think is how you can decide if this is an okay way to spend my time, leisure or otherwise. Sure, the fruit. Yeah, the fruit that comes out of me after my hour on TikTok versus the fruit that comes out of me after uh, listening to a comic routine or reading Calvin and Hobbes point. or what. Like, what comes from me when it's over? Then I'll know that was an okay way to spend leisure, or that was an okay way to decompress, or I'll know. Actually, that that actually probably was not the best way to do that because now I'm feeling all these things or I find myself stuck in a vortex of envy or lust or just, dude, it used to happen to me when I used to watch TV a lot. When I would be done watching TV, I would have this weird sense of depression and fear. All of a sudden, I think about my future and like, what am I doing with my life? That never happened if Mm -hmm. I was like 
reading a book. An actual stirring or, up of anxiety. Yeah, like I literally was anxious. If I watched TV for a few hours, then I would try to go to bed. I'd be like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing with myself? Like I'm not going to be able to do stuff when I, when I get old. Like it would just totally dismantle me from the end. I never really understood why. What we're saying is not just that we might ourselves experience those things, but remember today, it's mm-hmm. we have to grapple with the fact that we're going to do that in other people. And so even something like TikTok, what are you really putting out into the world? Yeah, how are they responding to that? So what what would you say if someone said this whole thing is judgmental? I totally understand that talking this way, you can almost feel it, right? It starts to make some some Christians feel uncomfortable because it feels like we're veering into some kind of judgmentalism. And I'm open to always looking out for that. I don't want to be judgmental. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, on the other side of it, the main problems of our day, I think, have to do with the opposite of judgmentalism. Maybe people might disagree with me. I don't think judgmentalism is stalking the church in these areas right now. I think more important than defaulting, which any of us can do, sort of defaulting to seeing any criticism as judgmentalism, I think more important than that is the ability to actually evaluate ourselves and our world out there, right, in light of Scripture. There is a flavor to the Word of God in the Bible. There is a kind of a world that Jesus is making and that world, that new earth, that we're called to be part, we're new creations now, the Bible says. Mm-hmm. You're a new creation. That whole new thing, the Spirit of God and what He's doing in human lives now and will do in the earth one day, that is going to have a certain vibe to it. Like uh, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, maybe. Exactly. We got to learn to take passages like that, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, and think about their larger implications in our life. Galatians 5 is perfect. So everybody listening to this, go read that passage, especially verse 13 down, uh, verse 13, Galatians 5 down to the end of the chapter. And then just take an honest look at, let's say, TikTok. Is it basically promoting the fruit of the Spirit that you read about in that passage? Or is it promoting what the passage calls the works of the flesh? Just run it through the greatest scripture. If somebody wants to follow Jesus and they think they want to use TikTok, they need to be willing to ask those hard questions about TikTok. We have to let the Bible interrogate social media. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like we aren't doing it. We're not sitting here Definitely. as four dudes like here's our problem. We're saying biblically, the word of God has questions for social media. Yeah. And it makes me think of other passages in general, like First Corinthians 3, 3, which says, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Yeah. Envy, strife, and divisions. You know, social media is definitely a place where those things are and most likely are at work, you know? Mm, Totally. Yeah, and if we're feeding into that, that's what the passage says. We're behaving like people who are merely human. In other words, meaning like people who don't have the spirit in their lives. And there's James chapter 3, too. Yeah, why don't, that's great. Why don't you read that whole passage? Yeah, James 3, verses 13 through 18. James says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, 
willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Wow. I kind of feel like like everything in that passage is like 90% of what goes on on social media. Yeah, verse 14 there, self-seeking, boasting, lying. I'm sitting here thinking about how much social media promotes a false picture of the user's life. We mentioned this last time. And uh, the effect on others when I do that is that I'm making them think things about me in my life that aren't accurate. Which is the definition of lying. Of course. It becomes so obvious when you really reason it out. People, we're using social media to lie to each other. Mm. And to lie to people we don't even know. That's James 3.15. This is not the wisdom from above. So I get on a post, and what I'm putting out into the body of Christ, at the very least, other Christians is an unreal picture of my life. It's the definition of hypocrisy. And it serves to work against the kinds of things God wants to do in the church. What does he want to do? He wants to stir up the fruit of the Spirit because we're considering each other and loving each other. Not stir up the works of the flesh because we refuse to consider each other and provoke each other or you know that sort of thing. And what about this? What does what I'm doing on social media do for the non-believer? Now, the way a lot of us use social media means that we're putting out, not just into the church, but out into the world, an unreal picture of our lives. We're putting out an unreal picture of a Christian life. It's a matter of witness. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's not just a matter of love for God's family. It's, it's a matter of what is the world seeing about what it means to follow Jesus? And just think, how does God want Christians to display the Christian life to the world? Yeah, because we, we want to further his kingdom, you know? I think all that is definitely something important to think about and take a hard look at. So before we end here, I'm just going to throw a possible objection into the mix that we're going to uh, expound on Drop it in episodes to come. What would we say to someone who would object using this type of a question? What if I want to use social media to try to do a good thing? Is the platform totally dead or can I use it for something that's actually beneficial and not good the way that everybody else defines good, but beneficial and good the way that the Bible says is good for humanity and for the world around us. And that's exactly what we're going to go over in the next two episodes. We're going to talk about social media and how that interacts with and affects or doesn't affect social action. And then we're going to round off this whole series with the discussion about the best practices for a Christian when they use social media. So hope you stay with us and give us the space to get there with you as we unfold this conversation and sort of bring it to a close in the next couple of weeks. Hope this finds you well and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Philly Young Adults podcast. If you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please email Brian directly at bweed at ccphilly.org. For more resources and information about our weekly gatherings and yearly conference, visit phillyyoungadults.com.